0: Hello and welcome to Where's Shaz, the podcast. I'm Shaz Ahmed and my mission is to empower, educate and inspire you with stories, knowledge and guests in the world of property, finance and business. So let's go. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, My guest today is Imad Bade. Imad has built up a property portfolio whilst working a full-time job in hospitality and through lockdown as well. I actually first met Imad through networking events in the Midlands at the hotels where he was a manager. We'll cover all of this today. Imad, hi, how's it going?
1: I'm good, thanks Shaz. Thank you for having me
0: here. No, 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 pleasure's all mine. Um, So yeah, we've got a lot to cover today. Now, the first thing Imad is I want guests to always share their personal mission statements. You know, why do you do what you do? Uh,
1: Shaz, I think uh I like to say that I would I align my goals with the others' goals uh, in the process uh, of building my legacy, uh, and that goes with my job as well as uh, my portfolio building.
0: Brilliant. So, legacy is important to you, and is that for generational wealth yes, as I well? Yeah,
1: I think uh, generational wealth.
0: Uh, yes. Brilliant. Now, like I say, you've got a, quite an interesting story and a journey. Do you want to just tell everyone about your background and your journey up until today?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, In brief, uh, I went to university, did uh, hospitality and business management. Uh, Since doing that, uh, I worked in six cities. I was counting for you today. (laughs) uh, Six cities in the UK uh, and uh, I worked in Ireland as well, in Dublin, um, over the last 20 years. So it's... I've seen a lot of uh, different places, and moving for career opportunities has not phased uh, me. Or, um, and that is also translated into property. So, I'll go wherever the good deal is.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of I've seen that firsthand. Now, where where did you study? Uh,
1: so originally, I studied in Bombay, in okay. India, mm-hmm. uh, and then I did my masters here in Isle of Man in the UK.
0: Nice, so quite a big change then from yes. Mumbai to Isle of Man, right? Uh, and uh,
1: my ch- my childhood was in Saudi Arabia. So I was born and brought up there. Then I moved to India. Uh, I did my secondary schooling there, college there, university there. Then I did my master's here and okay. uh, never went back.
0: So you're a bit of a globetrotter, you've been around. Yes, yes. Um, how was that, again, you said you've got no real issues moving around, but. I guess, going from India to this side of the world is quite a big change. How was that for you?
1: It was uh, different. Um, I'd originally come for the with the thought of do my master's, stay here for 18 months, two years, and go back and uh, set up my own business or something back in India. Uh, I did my internship here with IAG at the time, uh, which I'm working for at the moment. Uh, in Manchester, actually, Uh, and uh, they offered me a good opportunity to move to Birmingham, and I moved there, and they did my work permit at the time and things, and uh, I stayed on, you know.
0: Yeah, Um, so, okay, fine. Again, I find that very interesting, people moving from place to place, and also growing their careers as well. Um, One question I've got, you mentioned six different hotels, so what is, or why is your focus on hospitality? What interests you in that?
1: I I love meeting new people. I I love meeting new people and customer service uh, and the focus, uh, uh, you know, in hospitality we call the customer, customer is God, and customer is called guest as well. Uh, They never refer to a customer as in retail or uh, other industries. Uh, And I think it's things that we can do on a day-to-day level, uh, exceeding somebody's expectations and uh, making them happy and uh, that gives us a different kind of pleasure in hospitality uh, and uh, that keeps me going and keeps me motivated and things we do for somebody who's come out of, uh, I don't know, for, and in a hotel, different people come to the hotel for different reasons, so uh, it just uh, keeps me going It uh, motivates me a lot.
0: And I've seen you having conversations with different guests when I'm, when I'm, at, when I'm at your hotels, I do people watch and I observe what yeah. everyone else is doing, so I've seen you have different conversations. Um, And it's interesting what you said about guests being God. I think there's a South Asian saying, Mehman Bhagwan Hota, which means, yeah, the guest is God. So you're on board with that, which is great. Uh, Before we talk about investment, I want to talk a bit more about hospitality, actually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the big things or big changes because of the pandemic and lockdown, I guess, has been your industry. So what has been your first-hand experience of that?
1: I think, so where we met in the hotel, for instance, uh, in Birmingham, that has been closed now for 14 months
0: really okay uh,
1: and completely closed uh, so uh, that's first hand I know so many people and have crossed paths with and have they have unfortunately lost their jobs or uh, are looking for better challenges or and uh, the positive thing is there's a light at the end of the tunnel and the um, badly run businesses are hopefully getting into better hands because there's a lot of uh, businesses changing hands and uh, being sold or things. So uh, hopefully for the better.
0: Definitely agree. And I think with the hotel, just for example, the one in the Midlands. So that's a massive multinational, international chain. Mm -hmm. And you said it's been closed and it isn't just the hotel guests that were visiting. There were the events, you know, the conferences. And once those stop happening, I imagine it's a big chunk of income that just isn't there anymore.
1: Yes, and there's, uh, for that hotel, or there are a lot of conference hotels or country hotels where weddings was their revenue stream. It just isn't there, so the, it cannot survive uh, the, uh, mm. the...
0: But you said that you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, so I guess you've got perhaps more of an inside track. Are you seeing potential dates in the future when things may just
1: be better for you guys? Uh, we are allowed to open the hotel on 17th of May. Uh, so I'm uh, building my new team here and recruiting uh, Uh, a full-on team to open the restaurant side of things and to uh, open the full hotel for guests to start coming through. Uh, How that will look, it'll take maybe three, four months to get to normality. Uh, Like the big arenas and conference centres, say, from October time, they will have their normal events coming back. Uh, But, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, so the build-up to that is going to be very important.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think... um Hotels opening up and f- travel abroad being slightly restricted or having your, you know your vaccine passports yeah. and whatnot. I definitely think there will be more increasing staycations or whatever you call it. People visiting different cities yeah. in the con- in this country instead of going abroad. So hopefully that works out better for you guys. Um, okay, so let's talk a bit more about your investment journey. So the first thing I just want to talk about is you've been doing this thus far anyway, whilst having a full time job. Yeah. Um, I guess, talk me through what was the decision behind that? How have you found that, the challenges?
1: A little bit in the background, my dad always worked in this industry. He has a real estate agency back in Bombay. He uh, has a construction company. He I saw b- b buildings being built and uh, all those things while I was growing up. And uh, it was always in my mind that I would buy property and things, but not to the level and the knowledge that these strategies that we now talk about uh, every day uh, exist uh, so and you know being here in the last 20 years things have changed now uh, originally if you were on a work permit or you didn't have a British passport banks won't lend to you uh, as a mortgage you couldn't get mortgage easily or you couldn't get mortgage at all I mean I remember family in Birmingham and uh, elsewhere telling me to buy things 18, 19 years ago. Houses in Birmingham were sixty, seventy thousand
0: 70,000 pounds. Wow, okay.
1: And uh, you couldn't buy it, you know, you couldn't buy it because you didn't have the right visas and things. So, uh, there were, so I kind of uh, concentrated on my career and uh, thought, okay, eventually, you know, one day I will. Um, and then uh, 2018, I decided to finally buy a house for myself to live in, because we were kind of uh, moving from city to city, but then we thought, OK, Midlands is in the middle of everywhere. Even if I was to get a job somewhere else, I could travel up to two hours. at the door It's market. an hour and a half, two hours yeah. from
0: everywhere, pretty much, isn't it?
1: So that was the reason we bought our family home in Birmingham. And then from there, I wanted to grow into property. Uh, starting living in Birmingham for the six months when I was getting some work done on the house and my family was still in Manchester. Uh, I spent a lot of time in a lot of networking events. I know. (laughs) Uh, I met you, I met so many other uh, great people and build my uh, kind of uh, network over there. Uh, I, at the time, before I met you, asked two other people if I could uh, get a buy-to-let mortgage. They looked at everything and they go, no, you've just got this uh, house, it's not even been a year. You've not even moved into it. You can't get another bite. Let just take it easy. Don't worry about it. But I wasn't going to take it easy. So, uh, I think uh, having met you uh, in pin, uh, and
0: uh, I think it was in a hotel lobby. I think I was there one day just to yes. check out and I was on my laptop in the lobby and just yes. kind of approached me and said, Shaz, this is my situation. What do you think? But,
1: yeah. I've seen you the night before in pin. And I approached you and then we uh, had a quick chat and then we exchanged numbers and, you know, having that uh, same attitude like myself, that what's the solution? Rather than telling me no, uh, there is always a solution, something, it might be difficult, it might be slightly long-winded, but what is the solution? And I like that about yourself. So, uh, and we went from there.
0: I mean one thing I like that you've done perhaps intentionally or without realising is a lot of investors they make a mistake is when they want to go into property within the first six months to a year so they've made a bit of money before the first year they'll leave their jobs because they're getting enough income from property now the problem you've got is that income isn't evidenceable just yet when it comes to your tax returns but you've done a very good thing where you've kept in a a job a full-time job so you've got your personal income as well as your property income coming in Is that something you thought about or planned ahead with?
1: Yes. And I think, uh, uh, although I changed my jobs uh, last year and things, but I never planned to leave my... I I love the job I do. Great. You know, it's not that uh, it is a hindrance or I don't wake up and want to go to work every morning. So it's not something... But I also understand that this is not my own business. I run it as my own business. I'm very close to the owners and things of the business and uh, it is great, but I need to be able to uh, leave something for my uh, generations. Definitely. So, in that way, uh, it was planned that maybe five more years or maybe more, uh, maybe less, you never know.
0: Sure. No again I resonate with what you're saying you know I think again from our culture that there is a focus on having assets property or some sort of asset to leave to your next generation and you're doing that really well now we've obviously gone through a few applications together and we initially started with the Sharia lenders so I'll explain Sharia lenders on on the outro for this what has your experience been has it been any different to the lenders who are non-Sharia?
1: So before I met you, I looked into Sharia lending and uh, the only uh, one bank that came across, uh, it was Rayan at the time. Uh, I approached them and things and it was a very uh, non-Western kind of approach to it. It was yeah. uh, as if I was thrown. Twenty years back into an Asian uh, bank environment, where <laughs> you got to know the bank manager. You got to know everybody, and uh, so I, op- I went to Manchester branch. Uh, I made connections. I started. I opened an account. I started banking with them. And but two of my good friends had bad experiences. So they went through to buying the house, and they got downvalued big time, and for no reason. But it just happened to be the trend with Alrayan. Um, when I was purchasing my personal house, the agent turned around and said, if you go with Ryan, we're not giving it the <laughs> deal. We're taking it off to back to the market because okay. it takes an awful long time and uh, you're not going to be sure. And if it gets down valued, we're not going to reduce it. Uh, so they, they had bad experience as well. And so that way, I never went with Ryan. And when I met you, you introduced me to Gatehouse. I think I always knew it's going to be slightly difficult uh, or I'll take that back. I think not difficult, but uh, a slightly different way of working and
0: it's a bit protracted. Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
1: once you, so the first one took me a bit of a long time and no matter what, you know, you have to have, you can go directly to them, but I think you need to go through the right uh, broker, right person who can have the connections with them. and. Also, the right solicitor, uh, very important. Very important for them because a sol- every solicitor, I got around ten quotes, and everybody will tell you that they've dealt with them, but they haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not many ways of checking that. But if they are on their lending, uh, uh, the a list of uh, list of solicitors and things, then uh, most likely they have worked with them. Yeah, and you have to consider think that. It considerably costs a lot more as well. It's almost twice as much as a normal solicitor will cost you.
0: But I think it's worth. it, It's the difference between getting the money, say, in four weeks after offer versus eight weeks after offer. With someone who's not yeah. as experienced, but charging you less. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my from my perspective as a broker with Gatehouse, and I think this isn't because of the Sharia aspect. This is just their process. They what they do is um, they'll ask for a big checklist of items. You put all those items in they wait for the valuation to come in, You and by this point, you've paid a lot of fees as well already. Once everything is in, they'll then give it to the underwriter. So that could be three, maybe four weeks before an underwriter has even seen your case. And then they ask their questions. I think that de- isn't delays things, but it is a little slower than what you'd expect. And then on the back end, when it does go to offer, as you said, the solicitors are really important because their process for the legal side is very, very different because of the Sharia aspect. Um, what are your thoughts on Sharia funding in general? I think, so when investors come to me and say, I want a Sharia mortgage, is this the right mortgage? My answer is, look, consult with your scholar. It's down to your belief system. I don't really want to comment on that.
1: Again, you know, I'll stick with that because there's various uh, beliefs and various uh, kind of uh, schools of thought, let's say. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's down to the individual what they want to do. If uh, yeah, I, I'm no scholar of uh, the religion and uh, yeah. you know, uh, I believe in the religion and everything, but it, it is down to somebody who wants to use it. Uh,
0: if it makes them feel that they're doing the right thing by going through that lender, then that's fine.
1: Yeah, it, it makes it feel and it's, there's lots of limitations. You have to understand the whole banking system, you can't, the law of the country still dictates what that uh, organisation can do. So there's a lot of different uh, aspects to it.
0: And you know, what? one of the things I have a personal opinion on a lot of these things around scholars and people asking, is this the right way? Is if you wanted, if you wanted to do something, you could probably find a scholar who agrees with you. So, yeah, oh yeah, and that's quite, that's very, very common in, in, in our religion. So yeah, I think it's personal interpretation uh, yeah. without getting too controversial. <laughs> so, okay, Imad, in terms of your investment strategy, what you currently focused on?
1: I'm currently doing buy-to-lets, single-family homes, mm-hmm. providing great homes and the uh, ethos there is definitely if I won't live in that house uh, I wouldn't rent it. So none of the magnolia mm-hmm. paint and uh, uh, it has to be top-notch and you know if I can't sleep there then uh, why should somebody else?
0: Perfect and that, I say that to a lot of investors as well it's like if you're going to do a refurb, spend money on it as if you were going to live in it. You know, it has having it habitable sometimes it isn't good enough. It needs to be, would you live in it is, is the main question. Yeah. Um, and actually a lot of the time the answer is, oh, no, I wouldn't live in it. Well, then why are you expecting somebody to pay you 600 quid a month to live oh. in the same place? So interestingly, how come you haven't as yet focused on, say, service accommodation linking with your hospitality? A,
1: a property I have in Birmingham, la- last year, 2020, Yeah. First week of January, with my mentor, I had a meeting and we wrote it down in my diary that we should look at getting serviced accommodation this year. And I started, I set up one in February, in my own unit in Birmingham. uh, And it was a two bed apartment. And uh, luckily it was not on rent to rent or anything. So uh, I had, the tenants had moved out and instead of letting it on a single let, I decided to, uh, do service accommodation there uh, I had two bookings from Airbnb, and we went into lockdown, so I just literally recovered the money on uh, the uh, bed sheets and things that I spent <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we went into lockdown, so then we decided to back uh, lend it uh, let it out as a single letter. yeah so
0: unfortunate timing for you wasn't it really? Yeah. um and look, again, you invest remotely as of, at the moment, so how has that been and all the challenges that come along with it? Uh,
1: I think uh, investing uh, with, in the North has been quite good. It's, it wasn't my first choice. If, if it was possible, then I would uh, invest in Birmingham or somewhere near to home. Uh, but, you know, uh, the property prices were, are still booming and uh, and they, it just won't make sense to buy something for capital growth and not have that um, financial uh, feasibility in the future. So the aim is with buy-to-lets to buy them, uh, have say 10, 12 of them so that the uh, financially you don't have to rely on the job and then you could uh, do other things. In- sure
0: um, and with these properties being up north how passive is it in terms of if there's any repairs or issues with tenants?
1: It is and it isn't so some of the see the one thing that is certain property that nothing happens on time. Uh, you can plan and plan but yeah. nothing will happen. Uh, so last year in lockdown we were going through the gatehouse application and I was hoping to get complete a house uh, by August at least and it completed on the Friday of the first week when I started this new job so all the time that I had off in between two jobs I could have done loads of things I couldn't and then the week I start a new job that happens so then it takes a bit longer to do those things having done now once I complete the other two, three p- things, deals in the pipe, we will have completed nine deals in the last 12 months. So we, we I have a good team of uh, builders, plumbers, and people doing all the jobs over there. We've refurbished all the houses that we've bought. So uh, Some of the team, surprisingly, they don't mind traveling. Uh, so I've got like a carpet fitter and things, who will go from Birmingham to Rotherham to Doncaster and do the jobs. Uh, and it, it was great because uh, I tried some local people as well. I have a local handyman and builders there, but then I've built that team of people that will go out and do the jobs uh, as needed. Uh, the relationship with agents has been very key as well because uh, I've uh, they've also helped uh, and some properties are managed by them.
0: I was going to say, I noticed that you have the same agent on a lot of your purchases and you're pretty much buying a street on you by the sounds of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, uh, So yes, I, in 2019, when you could do a lot of viewings in a day, I used to go up and plan them in advance and do at least 14 viewings in a day. Uh, And so I met with a lot of agents and a lot of agents, meet a lot of people who want to be property investors or depending on what they tell them and how they come across, I think uh, it builds that relationship. But as you buy at least the first property through them, it builds that confidence, okay, he's not just bluffing and they are going to stick to their word and they're going to complete on the transaction. Uh, once I'd done that, from the same two agents, I think I have bought four houses each from both of them and uh, i think they know what my criteria is so they'll always email me the deal before it goes out to market sometimes it show on right move afterwards because they have to put it through on right move or something but i've already seen it on the day they're going to do photographs i'm probably there myself and seeing the property yeah so we've managed to get in there quickly give them the certainty that we can complete on the transaction and that's kind of more important to a lot of the sellers
0: yeah so they, they've got confidence in you essentially that you are gonna yep. you're not just making offers for the sake of making offers mm-hmm. you're a serious investor um, and you know what? there's a difference as well between being a landlord and being a property investor and again I think once you get that confidence level and comfort with the agents they like I said they give you deals first before they even come mm-hmm. to the open market so they come direct to vendor okay um, with regards to networking, because that's how we first met, it's a little different nowadays, but yeah, how, what's your approach with networking? What do you enjoy?
1: Uh, I can't wait to get back to Facebook. Networking. I, <laughs> in the beginning of lockdown, I think we were all joining on the same zoom calls and things, but I've stopped doing that. I don't go on any uh, zoom networking anymore. Uh, I'm yes. all zoomed out. Uh, yeah, I think everybody is. And uh, I, I love networking. I love meeting new people uh, and it, I'd made it, I'd go to one at least new networking event every month and then I'd got the two, PIN and uh, uh, Saju uh, property meet in Birmingham. Those two I used to go uh, regularly, relig- religiously and I would go to those. So you could work through the crowd because there would be certain regular people who will come every month. With them you can arrange some times and meet them later or uh, before the event or something and arrange that and then during the event it was almost try and not be comfortable and talk to the same people or not oh shaz is there let's talk to shaz i can talk to shaz anytime let's meet new people yeah. and uh, talk to other people
0: uh, do you um so what i do because although i do a lot of networking it's not something i'm really that comfortable with um i try and adopt a role so my role is the connector so for example if i'm speaking to you mm. And you mentioned you need to speak to an accountant. I'll just introduce you to an accountant and that becomes my little role. Yeah. Do you have something you do yourself as a comforter?
1: Uh, I just ask most of the people I would meet and I would ask them what are they doing. And I would just mm. uh, keep silent. Try to keep silent anyway. Uh, and uh, let them tell what they are doing and what they're uh, what why they're there if it's their first time if they've come there regularly and if they haven't maybe we've never crossed each other's path again before
0: yeah i think in a nice way people like talking about themselves and their accomplishments but they need encouragement yeah you know i wouldn't ever go to someone and the first thing i'd say is i'm the best mortgage broker in the world i'd let them speak and also i find with networking it's very rare that the person you're speaking to has something for you but they might know someone or they might know someone who knows someone mm. who can do business with you. So it's, it's, a long, it's a long game and you've got to be just really sensible and also it's not all about you, it's about them and what are they offering. So yeah, networking, I can't wait to get back to physical. I think so, have you had any bookings in your hotel for future networking events? Uh,
1: not at the moment, no.
0: No, okay fine. I'll go on the phone and get some bookings in for you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Imad, you mentioned, you know, do you edu- property education. Do you have a mentor right now, then? Uh,
1: yes. Uh, so I did a 12-month program with Saj, uh, Saj Hussein, and uh, that was great. <coughs> it actually finished last year, but due to the pandemic, we uh, all the bunch of people, me and the people who did the inside circle, like uh, Andy and so on, and a lot of people who are very uh, big on in property, and HMOs, we all stuck on a weekly call together every week, which I think was the key. That call and Tej's uh, property duo, those two things kept me going through the lockdown. Honestly, those two things were the only two things I was actually doing in the lockdown. So, uh, and it kept us sane and on a track and uh, trying to see where we are and what we're doing. Uh, And I think that has taught me so many, things, so many new things, and uh, build that confidence in you as well, uh, of doing things. Because in my career, I've done seven and a half million refurbs, I've built 240 uh, bedrooms in a brand new hotel, uh, I've done refurbs of 150 bedroom hotel in the Dublin, so uh, calculating everything in euros was a different challenge, of, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I've done that in a different environment but not on your
0: own portfolio. Yeah, definitely. And I think just to cycle back to what you said, it's definitely good to have like an accountability group. And I imagine that's what you guys Mm -hmm. do. You share what your targets are for the week and you catch up and say, so what you've done. So it's it's good to have that because they keep you on track and they keep you balanced as to where you're going. Um, And Saj, I think is one of the rare property coaches or mentors actually haven't heard a bad, feedback about him
1: yet. I um, would be very doubtful to hear that because he's very, very humble. To be honest, he's such a humble guy. And uh, it it's not a, uh, you know, certain people out there do more in training than they actually do property. And uh, this is not a uh, machine where dozens of people are doing the course and uh, you just don't know who's on the course or anything. And it's a very intimate uh, group of people, and it's building those relationships and helping each other as well.
0: Brilliant. Apart from Saj, then, are there any any other people you follow or learn from? And it doesn't have to be coaches; could be other investors, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I think uh, recently the our friends of the Property Duo have uh, been quite inspirational. Uh, the uh, Susanna Cole in Bristol, she's been quite good. I've done a couple of uh, courses with her and uh, she's been quite, uh, uh, what she achieved and how she got into property was quite inspirational. Uh, there are other business uh, gurus, uh, uh, Jonathan Jay, how to uh, buy uh, businesses and things online. Uh, uh, so th- there are those people in the U- in the UK market and uh, there's the general... I've been to a lot of uh, crash courses or, qu- or proper day courses <laughs> where people run to the back of the room, but I've always left my c- card at home to touch with. You know, it's. There is a, maybe a place for them, uh, but it's not for me. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I used to be, if I'm honest, I used to be really against this whole crash course or run to the back of the room, but. I think my attitude has changed in the sense of it's supply and demand. If someone wants to pay for that knowledge or that course, fair play that someone's offering that course, as long as there is some substance um, to it. And then I think a lot of other people say, well, okay, if so-and-so is making more money from training than investing, can they be teaching it? My, again, thoughts on it has changed in the sense of, well, teaching is a different skill to actually invest in. So, although you should have some experience, I think you don't need to be the world's most prolific investor to be teaching other people because it's a different skill set. Uh,
1: um, I have an example for that, and I think in property, we property people, landlords just have a seem to have a bad name. But if you look at universities, since they increase the university fees, they charge almost the same money for a microbiologist or some uh, science course and the same for a performing arts course. I'm yet to believe why a performing arts needs a three-year degree course. I'm pretty sure it can be done in 12 months and it doesn't need the same 12 grand fees towards it. Uh, But somebody pays it or because the government pays it on your behalf and then you're paying the rest of your life, it seems to be okay. So universities can get away with it because they have the branding behind them uh yeah
0: yeah definitely I think like value is something you put on it and if some if mm. if a price is the price and you want to pay for that price, that's supply and demand on a basic level yeah. um Imad, so you mentioned quite a few of your projects just as an overview, but do you want to touch on any specific numbers of a key project that you're thinking you know what this is worth sharing
1: so i think uh the one we completed with along with gatehouse in december uh, just before christmas we bought that house for 55 uh, and a half. We have just rented it out at 550 and we spent, in total, 21 and a half K all in. So that includes the 25% deposit, legal fees, stamp duty and a little bit of refurb. So that gives us just over 19% return on cash employed. And And I've got it valued, the agent is happy to market at 85 and sell it because the market is booming. You can sell it. uh, I said, you just want it on your books uh, telling me 85. He said, no, no, there will be people who will buy it for 85 because there are investors coming. (laughs) He goes, there's there's some crazy investors buying things at uh, crazy prices. He said, I can't promise you, you'll get the valuation, but you'll get 80, 85. So he was he was very, he came out, uh, it was the same per- agent who I bought it from, he came out, oh you've done, we moved the bathroom and we made it into three double bedrooms and things and it's kind of uh, a lot nicer, so.
0: I do think you're at a stage now then, in terms of, because you've got multiple properties, where you've got, uh, what's the word, a template or a cookie cutter, so any anything you buy, you know exactly what you're going to do, it's going to look similar or the
1: same. Yes, uh, I need to try and stick to that, uh, so our friend, Dan Norman, uh, uh, he uh, is a great guy and uh, he used to run PIN. So I learned from him. He, did, he does a list of exactly what everything he uses and uses them across his portfolio. Um, I'm trying to get there because I love interior design as well. Uh, and in my past life, I did a year's interior design course as well. <laughs> so I like to go and choose different tiles, different fittings and things, which doesn't help me which means that I, I can't just sit on a paper and calculate what it's going to cost and uh, and I won't just pick the same kitchen everywhere and uh, things like that. But yeah, the carpets and certain fittings, uh, it will be the same, yes.
0: Brilliant, because like you said, it, it makes things easier and a little slicker because yeah. that tenant in that house doesn't know that your other house has the same things in, so yeah. they don't really care.
1: I, I have started buying things, so if you think, some certain say you're buying uh, some nice radiators and they charge you 30 quid for delivery or something i will buy for the next project as well and get it all so at home i have one room full of stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> right okay um now are you at a stage in your property business because you said you're treating it as a business as well mm-hmm. where you feel the need or have you got you know like they have vas and people doing systems and processes for you
1: not to the extent I need a VA, I hope. Uh, yet, not yet, hopefully soon, but I'm currently, I just finished a trial with a software for managing the letting side of things and uh, start, signed up for something else yesterday. Hopefully we'll try it for the next couple of weeks and uh, this already looks a lot better. So I'm looking at getting some kind of software from start to finish where we can... Uh, onboard the tenants and manage their tenancies they can log anything it's all documented and the the certs and everything is uh, you can give you reminders and everything else
0: sure now what advice would you give people who are investing whilst also having a full-time job in terms of maybe time management and just focus really
1: I think it needs you need to have that drive I spent you know so When you have the family time, you need to switch off and you need to just have, say, if it's a Sunday, then it's with the family or something. But then uh, I couldn't have done it without my wife's support because I've spent almost every Saturday visiting my patch, being there. I don't have to, but I've been there when the guys are working on the site, what they've done in the week, and I just... I can't be that guy who can just live with a video phone and tell show me what they've done. I just have to be there as well. Mm-hmm. So I've made it a point to go there those Saturdays. And, but once, you know, that's a short term period, once it's rented out, then the te- finding the tenant and stuff is done through an agent. Then I'm managing the property. Then you, I think anyways, I build a better relationship with the tenants than the agent would. And, uh, you know, I've been and checked the house after three months and stuff. that's it. You know, you don't have a lot of things to do afterwards.
0: Yeah, okay. And I think, you know what, I you mentioned you have a better relationship with the tenants. Perhaps that links into your background in hospitality. You know how to treat tenants and guests and people.
1: Yeah, and I I think uh, it's uh, about uh, fixing something if they've mentioned it or if you've seen it and getting it done straight away. Because most of the... The couple of tenants I've spoken... They've not had those experiences from agents. They've never, they'll mention something over the phone. If it's over the phone, it'll never get done. Till they actually raise it in an email to them in writing, then because they have a job to do, then they will, uh, and somebody has approved that they emailed them, uh, it becomes uh, a priority for them. Absolutely.
0: I mean, look, not all agents are bad. You know, They're very good agents, no. but I think with agents, it's there's a list of work to do. You're, in my, you're on my list of tasks. I'll come to when I come to it there is that, I totally get that from a lot of...
1: See, my agents will listen to this and they are amazing and the thing is, but I understand they have 250 plus properties on their books they manage, so I don't expect, I'm not their biggest landlord, I'm not their biggest uh, client, yet. you know <laughs> yet, uh, so once we have that full street then yes Yeah. so yeah, you know uh, that's uh, the uh, aim anyway Brilliant. Okay. have happy customers and stay there for long stay there for,
0: and that's what you want you just want people no hassle happy tenants guests and just you know stress-free life now speaking of life then amad whilst we're wrapping up this what would you say your future plans are say on a five to ten year level you have mentioned this slightly before
1: uh, i think to build a portfolio i'm also looking into uh, maybe doing some hmos and things in different uh, parts of the country but that depends. The deal has to stack, and once we get there, um, in maybe five to seven years, I would say I would want to not work in a hotel, maybe. Uh, but I, I already know what, what I want to do next after this uh, uh, hotel job. So, uh, and it's another hotel job as well. So <laughs> you know that also is gives me a buzz. But the aim is I want to be able to. Uh, I want to be able to buy a hotel in 10 okay. years time I want to own a hotel And nice. this is we're not talking I don't want to own a 14 15 bedroom hotel so uh, I want a proper hotel
0: <laughs> big plans now you know what what's coming out from this chat especially for me is that you actually like slash love your job so you're not one of these people who's into property because they hate their 95 hmm. you really enjoy that and that's coming across really well so it's it's not that you you want to get out of the rat race, no. you've got bigger plans behind it.
1: Yeah, and and so working in different hotels, so the owner I work with now, I, and I've had a similar owner in the past, uh, works better because he has four hotels. He just bought a fourth one and he wants to double his portfolio of hotels in the next uh, 12 months. So, you know, I'm working closely with him. I learn a lot from what he does and how does he buy these hotels and what is happening. And so it's kind of learning those things and helping him grow, so give him attention. So if he can not think about this hotel and I can deliver the results and the budgets and the figures that the banks want and everybody wants, then it's happy days. He's happy, he has a one hotel that he doesn't have to worry about and is giving him the uh, results he needs. Uh, and is thinking of it as an owner and uh, not just as a manager. That uh, just you know what is the most cost-effective way of doing things, and not always just cost-effective, but it's also a the right thing to do. That's
0: great. Okay, yeah. Matt. Just as a, as a wrap-up, um, I don't expect you to be an economist, but in terms of property investors investing the market. Do you have any final thoughts as to where you think the future is headed?
1: I think as, as strategies go, I think high-end HMOs uh, encroaching onto studios, uh, which you've already probably seen with a lot of uh, people, uh, that is the way forward I think. Uh, and of course I think by to let's have a place but most cities where the prices are very high, I just don't see the gap shortening because less and less people want to buy a house uh, and rent it out. Uh, because unless somebody moves to a bigger house and keeps it and makes it a what a, 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 a let to buy, uh, then only they become on a market, on a rental market. You won't go out and buy a 250 grand house.
0: To rent it out. Brilliant. Imad, look, it's always a pleasure speaking um, and I appreciate your time today. Um, and we'll hopefully, we'll catch up soon.
1: Thank you, Kaz. Nice one. Thank Been you. A pleasure. Cheers. Thanks.
0: So, that was Imad Bade. Uh, property isn't always about leaving your nine to five as soon as possible. If you really enjoy what you do, then you can do both, just like Imad. People, please send me your feedback and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can connect with me at Wes Shaz on Instagram. Tell a friend. Until next time, be humble, be grateful, be peaceful.